Oh shit, oh shit, that is the wrong opening. That is the wrong fucking opening. Okay, uh, here it is now. Gotta get a good a few drinks. In here. It has to be a good number. Of oh no! I feel like with the Halloween spectacular that's going to be happening, we should absolutely <laughs> have either tokes or tankards with oh, us. Right, tokes and tankards. I swear, yeah. there are people from tokes and tankards that would do it too. Ooh, yeah, there is a good. There is some Dragon Age uh, missions. That is horror themed. Mm-hmm. That, those are some good discussions. There are there yeah. are entire levels that I would argue in Halo that are horror themed. Yeah. yeah. Gears of War is one. Every game, um, every game has the flood level. Mm-hmm. We'll just take off Fear Street because that will never get talked about. No. Um, it's okay. Would still good. In, oh, it we is, could. It, it oh, is sorry, a sorry. Oh, no, sorry. No, go for it. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, we could have that little unique discussion of, like, the scariest level in non horror games. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I think I, was, I, was, I, was just, I, think I said mm-hmm. this on the podcast before. Whereas, fear, fearful for someone else is rage inducing for me. Yeah. Yeah, but that's sort of like the point. Like it's everyone's like different opinion. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I went on this tirade of what was it? Uh, I shitted on all Resident Evil games because of what uh, I was like the inventory system. And then I think someone said I think we had a guest on. It is supposed to teach you how to like conserve stuff. I'm like fuck that shit. You giving us a goddamn enemy who just taking it to the chest. And you, you want us to conserve ammo? Get the fuck out of here! So fuck Resident Evil. I mean, I, mean, I do I'm, like the course correction they've been doing. Yeah, like Resident Evil Six was supposedly bad enough to where they felt they needed to reboot the franchise, right? Not because they included fucking martial arts in it. Like the fuck? The f- Blame, blame Paul W.S. Anderson. I don't... I, I can't physically evoke a sound that is is evocative enough of my feelings towards that. B- blame the Resident Evil movies. I hate to say this. I like her, but also See, blame Mila Jovovich as, as well. I don't feel like we should blame the movies. Since See, they're two be- separate entities. And they were getting, like, smaller and smaller box offices with each subsequent movie. So, like, I feel like 
they wouldn't be like, yes, let's base our games off of these shitty fucking movies that were based off of really fun video games. And then the game would be so fucking slow, and then the enemies would change pace, and then I'd just be like, Why are you running? Why are you running? (laughs) And I'd be really fucking frustrated that I couldn't follow. Yeah, I honestly think it's probably better to blame, like, Call of Duty and their zombie campaign. Yeah, like, the zombie mode was great on those original ones that, like, had it, but it did create, like, the, like... Call of Duty effect that like everybody needed to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Zombies. Yeah. Zombies. Well, I, I think it's great they finally got their heads out of their asses and are like, "Fine, we'll make scary games." Like, okay, fine, we'll course correct. And then people loved seven, and then people loved eight. Mm, eight is more action. Yeah. As soon as you get definitely more. As soon as you get on, nothing else. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit more buxom in that one too. Like Uh uh, what? As soon as you see lady, as soon as you see lady D. You know what? I'm just gonna say that it had the. You know, it was like it had the horror, it had the action, and it had the 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 buxomness, as you say. So I would say that had a. It was a triple threat. Oh, baby, a triple! Oh, yeah! I'm surprised you didn't say it was a triple D. And with that, welcome back to the Space Oddity Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Desius, Dad Robinson. <laughs> that is Christian the Demon Lama, right of Ventura. And that has been Beneath the. Demon Lama? Where? And that has been <laughs> the Clumsy Baker, Beneath Labaria. Who's laughing? And that is the that is Blurp our uh, our soundbox machine. I'm having too much fun with it. Please forgive me. Yep. That five minutes, you just got a little bit of uh, a sneak peek of what we might be doing for the month of October, which we're. Dubbing. I was wondering if that's where you started it. Oh yeah, Spooktober, if you will. So you got a taste. Um, more to come throughout the month of October. We might do another crispy, crispy pasta. I was about to say crispy pasta. A crispy ass pasta, man. We are gonna do the crispiest of pastas. Chow mein, fucking deep fried pasta. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am very hungry right now. Um, crispy I know, pasta. I am too. And I'm trying to not order food. <laughs> if you hear munching in the background, that must means our illustrious co-host, the Damon Lama, has ordered DoorDash. We're not sponsored by DoorDash, but we are on podcasting services around the globe, if you so choose. You know, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible.com, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You cannot, exactly. you cannot so run where, us. So wherever you can listen to podcasts, check us out. You cannot run Thank from us. We are everywhere. Like the kids in that fucking horror movie. That is totally Children yeah, of the Corn. Every... Children of the Corn. It is Children no of the Corn. At the same time, <laughs> there's little British uh, kids with the white hair and the blonde blue eyes. That's a village of the damned, my dude. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's from 
what Arthur again? He's Stephen King. God damn it! Right there, you go. Uh, Children of the Corn is from Stephen King. Okay, you know what? Like I said, Spooktober coming soon. Oh, that's from Indiana. No, nobody. Okay, no. (laughs) But the real topic of this episode is Star Wars Visions. We have watched all. Well, I'm the only one who watched it twice because I wanted to make sure. Because I just said I was going to be mature. I was going to come back to Star Wars with an open mind. So far, it's been working out well. I've been the clear, the mental clarity of going into episode one and two has been clear. So, would you say that you are right now having some double vision? You can say that. You can definitely say that. Okay. Oh damn! Oh damn! Um, I really do. I don't want to jump to the last episode because I, I. Episode 9, Akakiri, is a damn good episode. Mm-hmm. I, but, um... It has released on September 20... Which was... It dropped. I thought it was gonna... I thought they legit was gonna do, like, one episode a week. Man, they was like, nah, fuck that. Here's all of them. Go next. Like, nah, yeah, we're giving you everything. Fuck it. <laughs> But uh, hey, I appreciated it. Like the being able to binge it was like so satisfying. And there's only like technically two longer episodes, but even with the two longer episodes, we'll get to them because we're like every like like we've been doing as always. We'll travel down, jumping H- around. We always jump around, but Benita always finds a way to rein us in. So before Benita reigns us in, we'll go. I'm sorry. Are you? Joking? I usually am the one that like dives head first into whatever random ass tangent. But we fall down on the last two. On the last. On the series, my on friend. The last two episodes, you've been bringing me back to the beginning of an episode. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Keeping up with tradition. Episode one, <laughs> the duel. This is where the fun begins. 14 minutes long. Thank you. 14 minutes long. Short, sweet, beginning with a beginning, middle, and end. I have titled this the Badass Hubba 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 episode. Only because <laughs> of, uh, that's a callback to Lucy Lou. <laughs> nice. If you know that movie, I will give you a gold star. Just tweet at me at Dizzy is Dead. <laughs> Your hint. Mel Gibson is also in the movie. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. Uh, well, you know, can't win them all. Yep. Mm. I'm pretty sure you have. I was about to say, please tell me you had that bur- blurb where it was like that little kid. That's racist! <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as I said Mel Gibson, I was hoping you had him queued up. I wish I had that queued up that immediately. I can get it, but I can't have it that quick. <laughs> this one, it's um, what I like about Visions. It has it has an actual theme throughout all nine episodes, and it it sets the tone. In episode one, they do lean in heavy with the Japanese co- um, culture and folklore that that George Lucas basically used, and just actually used it in this episode, just like. 
like here it is yeah. and it's, and i love that good blending of it of technology and nature just combined as one it was done so well like to like to to stylistically meld both of those together yeah it just it, it just made it so gorgeous and the fact that they went like black and white except for like you know the electronic devices mm-hmm. just yeah uh, it made my 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 cyberpunk like heart glow. Um, I just want more droids that have like that awesome like what is it the straw hat? Straw hat. <laughs> like just I want more of that. Um, this production company on this episode was Kamikaze Duga. Um. I thought it was very strong. You could tell it was like um, a blending of like hand-drawn technique with um, CG. Mm-hmm. But it worked very well with this episode, though. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, I wrote in my notes, a lightsaber, two lightsabers will never see in live action. I would love to see like that fucking umbrella lightsaber, though. It was amazing. And the, like... The fact, oh my god, okay, I, like, I will get to it, but the fact that they're bringing back and actually using mechanics from specific things from previous legacy canon that is now canon again, that I'm so excited to talk about, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah. like, the, the the umbrella thing is amazing and new, and the, like, the whole fuck that, that stab, that stab. Yeah. Oh. Just... That, oh, that was a, it was great. They lean, oh. they lean in heavy with the samurai. I was like, holy fuck, that's heavy. I saw that. I was like, oh god, I gotta, I have to sit down and watch the rest of this. Holy shit! Like, what the fuck? Um, Benita, your thoughts? I love this episode. It's honestly, even after watching all the other ones, it's still my favorite episode mm-hmm. of this season. Um, I thought it was a strong start the animation was gorgeous and it just it goes to show because even though it was still fairly short like they still had a great story and it's that fantastic thing of like just yeah like a lot of those you know spaghetti westerns Mm -hmm. or you know like the samurai movies of old where you're just like no but like literally who is this guy is he a good guy is he a bad guy like i want to know more about him but like oh i just oh it was just god damn it it was so good i'm looking at every single one of these and every single one of these it's like i wish we had full-on series of every single one of these fucking episodes yeah um the voice actors for this episode the two main leads um ronan voiced by brian t if y'all don't know who he is he's in chicago med he was in the wolverine and he was mortal. He was Luke Kane in Mortal Kombat Legacy. Oh damn! Um, and obviously, because I just already spoiled it right off the bat, Lucy Liu is the bandit leader. To which I'm still like, she should be in a fucking Star Wars, actual Star Wars movie, because she is bad. Oh, I would love that. Hey, Lucy Liu is canon in Star Wars now. Yeah, I and once again, I. <sighs> I'll wait till we get to episode nine because I, because I've been getting we've been we me and Chris has been talking about the old Republic and the High Republic since this podcast inception. Well, since 
the start of GCR. I literally cannot wait tomorrow till tomorrow. I have to wait till tomorrow because I've been because of this. I've been wanting to dive headfirst into the new High Republic content, and I I we'll get to the theory at the end because I it's the, the opening episode is this opening episode is really good. I gave this episode a five out of five. Strong. It has a beginning, middle, and end. I felt like this was like short and sweet. I don't. Um, and now that you both said it, yeah, I actually would like to know more about this Ronan. Right. He's not a. Yeah. He's like. Is he an anti-hero? Like he has. Like it looks like he's been killing other Sith lords. Cause you see the the Kyber crystals lined in his um in his um yeah his robe. Like, it could totally be like a a a a Sith hunter. Like just like there are Jedi hunters, it could totally just straight up be a Sith hunter. Yeah. Or something. You know what I mean? Because, like. I don't know where in the timeline that is. I feel like it's later because of like the 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 presence of the imperialists at that point mm-hmm. and the inquisitors themselves. Like that's basically what that dude was fighting an inquisitor. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking like most likely it's set after the events of like episode six and stuff. But this could totally be like someone who like had gotten gotten you know a kyber crystal or whatever and been taught. Like, like it. Oh, maybe it has something to do with one of the later episodes. Weirdly, never mind. I'm just getting the theories. <laughs> oh, love them. Okay, so, episode one, five out of five. Um, five out of five. Five out of five. I'm just, I'm gonna. You know, I'm not even gonna assume. Go ahead, Anita. Oh, thank you. Uh, ten out of ten. <laughs> Called it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Called That's it. like slice is good, right? It is. Yeah. Benita has her own ranking system for Mars. <laughs> yes, that did pick up. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, trying to listen to sounds on the side to see if it was okay to play them, and apparently my my. Uh, my my headphones are picking, or my speakers are picking it up. <laughs> yep. Episode two, Tatooine Rhapsody. All right. Oh my god. So I also really liked this one. This was so good. Li- okay, so I need to bring up a list real quick of the of the studios that were working on these individual ones because there are there like the art styles are so specific. Like uh, like you can uh, tell obviously. I was going to say it in the beginning, but I was going I was going to get to it like each like each episode. I was going to get to each. Um, unless we would just name them all now instead of just the going by each episode. As we go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like gonna, so. so. Go ahead. You, you, you started it off. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna ask like who did this one because I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I forgot who did this one. Studio Colorido. That makes sense. That makes sense. Oh God, wait. They did. Hold on. Well, he looks for it. I did not like this episode. You didn't? Okay. I... Uh, why not? I mean, yeah. Li- li- enlighten us. I felt like this would have been a good. Because of the other episodes, this would have been a good mid-season filler episode. Like I felt like this episode should have been tied with episode six because of the lightness and the levity. Like I get they're trying to go like they're trying to be different from what if because one of our problems with what if 
was there was just so much like we got some levity and then it was just like straight up a bunch of episodes where it just like come the fuck on let up with this fucking dourness give us some fucking levity and we did but close to the end of the fucking series so we commented with that mindset i felt like tattooing i feel like tattooing rhapsody should have been like in the middle because the duel and the other episodes when we get to them they in a way have some form of levity but it was like some good action to them as well yeah they were definitely a lot more heavy narratively mm-hmm. than what uh tattooing rhapsody was because rhapsody was like a very simple narrative very easy to like follow which was comforting mm-hmm. however like the execution of it was where the flair of that entire episode is yeah now i also just really liked the episode for the fact that like you know we clearly see that this is like a young padawan that's like escaping order 66 Mm -hmm. um yeah having to hide away like he's still not fully there with the force so he's not strong with the force because now that he's on the run he has to like push that down so like he doesn't win the day with the force they win the day. It was the motherfucking music. music. <laughs> like, it was cute. Honestly, that one was cute to me. The power of music cures all. Just, I Come enjoyed it. Become our first sponsor. Uh, we got to see a bit more of Boba Fett being like cool Boba Fett. I did actually um, really like Boba Fett in that. <laughs> Like, I want a figure of that Boba Fett because I did, like, enjoy this, like, weird, um... Chibi Quasi-chibi, tri- like, style. Where I'm like, this is just perfect for figures. Um, this, but yeah, this, I enjoyed it. Tamara Morrison did... Tamara Morrison did come back to voice Boba. With threw me off. Because I did not know... This show's Joseph Gordon Lovett is real good at voice acting. I did not fucking know that was him. As um, Jay. I did not know that was him. I went oh, when we got to the credits, I was like, holy fucking shit. I did not know that was you, man. Because here's the thing, though. Like, Joseph Levitt is like the millennial version of fucking, um, what's that dude's name, though? It's like the, uh, that gets in their, that really gets in their characters. Um, he played fucking Lincoln. Oh my god. Daniel Day Lewis? Yes. Like, J- Joseph Gilbert is the Daniel Day Lewis. Like, he, yeah. when he gets into a role, he gets into a fucking role. So, like, I did not notice that was his voice. Bobby Monaghan is a, is a big Star Wars fan, so any chance he gets to change his voice. And he was also in The Mandalorian, because I know that was, I, I remember that was him in the first episode where Mando um, arrested him. So, you know, he's ingrained with Star Wars, so which means he's good at masking his voice. And mm-hmm. he, he was also Geezer. So, and then two no, um, voice actors within anime is Shelby Young and Mark Thompson. Apparently, I forgot, I didn't even try to look up what they did before, but I only got the big three. Because I was like, because even I was questioning, is that really Tamar Morrison? Is that really him? And then when he said, do you really want to do this? I was like, all right, that's him. That's him. And I was like, yep. Yep, that's the asshole Boba Fett we all know. And love. <laughs> For real? Yep. 
Um, but I do agree with uh, Chris. This looks like it takes with actually buff you. It looks like it takes place after episode three before episode four. So you're starting to get a theme like with each episode. You get kind of get a sense where what where these episodes take place within the canonical timeline of Star Wars. So like for the duel, I'm going to assume because I didn't say it the first time. I, I feel the duel takes place before episode one because of the only because of the droids. Hmm. Because they said it was an abandoned. Or, it was because it was. They said the ship was abandoned with the droids, and they was able to get their hands on it. So I'm gonna and then they have all those suits with the stormtroopers. I'm gonna assume it either could be my theory. It could it for these two episodes they took place after episode three for the um for the for Rhapsody and before episode one for the duel. But they could have both technically. So you think episode one took place before? You think, or you think the duel took place before uh, episode four? Then the New Hope. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm trying to understand yes, what. Yes, and I, I know I'm, I'm very confusing today. Chaotic episode. Um, so <laughs> the duel and Rhapsody, I feel, take place before episode four. See, I feel like. The duel takes place after um, uh, episode six, because to me, it feels like the stormtroopers were sort of like that last gasp, like a roving band of just thieves and people that just like steal shit instead of like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just, but that's just my thought. That's my theory. So, I, I, did you look up what um, what else the studio has done, Chris? Yeah, I'm surprised. The studio hasn't doesn't seem like they've done too crazy much. Like the uh, studio Colorado. Uh, when I say too crazy much, like they have definitely done done stuff, just not stuff that I've seen. I should say they've done movies like. Uh, uh, I, I please forgive me if I if I fuck up the the pronunciation. Uh, Shashin Khan, Shashin Khan, Hinata no Alshigure, Typhoon Naruta, Penguin Highway, A Whisker Away, Burn the Witch, which is actually probably the more notable noticeable one that I that I actually know of. Um, Drifting Home, Wonder Garden, Pallet's Chair. And a couple of things for Pokemon, it seems like, too. Pokemon Twilight Wings, Poketune, Poketune, a couple of things uh, last year. But it seems like, I'm wondering if because last year they did things for Pokemon, that may be why they're, because the, the, the very next project after that was Star Wars Visions. Okay. So I thought, this was a, I thought this was a very specific company, but it's not. I've actually not heard of this company too much, but that's just me. Okay, because the animation style is very... Um, this one sta- um, stands out, and the other one... The other ones, their animation styles, like... Like, I remember what animes goes according to their animation style. But this one was new to me, so I was like, this... Like Benita said, it was very, uh, like, chibi-like looking episode. 
Yeah, very. Very chibi. And I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. There's some still some form of enjoyment out of it. I like the animation style. I like the look of it. It looked more hand-drawn than CG. Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. It looked like he's in thought. I would say... I would say I'd give it... I would say I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10. It's just fun. Yeah, it's a fun episode. It's like... It's, I... like it's, it is like it's is not the strongest episode. I, I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. But the, the premise of it, like, the way that it's presented, it's not... From the very beginning, I don't expect it as a viewer to be a heavy episode. Right. I also just, I enjoy the fact that it's like, which is going to be a very weird thing to say, but it's like the least Star Wars of the Star Wars visions. Probably. So it's not like, ooh, lightsaber, pew pew, laser gun fights, pew pew. Like, it was just like, no, we're here to fucking rock, guys. And I'm like, and you guys did. Thank you. Good job. Mm. Good night, Tatooine. <laughs> You're not Tatooine. I I did actually really like that. It felt it like I said. It felt cute, and it felt like like a nice little story in you know in the middle of like all of this technically war. War. Yeah. War never changes. Like. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like all the like all the episodes. All the episodes, yes, were great, amazing Star Wars episodes. And this one felt the least Star Wars, but maybe it felt the least Star Wars because we're very used to seeing like, you know, Star Wars that has to do with the main canon of Star Wars. Because this is technically Star Wars canon. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like it's the story is not dependent on anything that has been previously set up, but other than. They're reusing certain locations and characters. But I, what is new about this, though, we have Jabba's cousin. Um, Jabba's cousin. Um, but we also see a droid, a more sentient droid with, um, I had her name, K344. Yeah. And then you have Lan, um, uh, a, a creature we never, I don't think we ever seen in live action. An alien we've never seen in live action. So. We're getting like yeah, so. Wait, maybe. maybe? I, I, I don't think we ever seen a three torso <laughs> in Star Wars ever. Oh yeah, like I the, don't think so. Oh no 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 yeah yeah yeah. The announcer at the top of that same that same um like dome that they're in in or not dome but in Tatooine. Remember when they were doing the pod races? Like the announcer guy. In the in yeah, the middle, but, that was one but, of those aliens. Yeah, but this this alien oh. looks this alien looks more demon like. Those look more like uh, what's his name? Uh, Saboba. To the Googles. Huh? To the Googles. We technically haven't seen the bottom half of that creature, the one that was like the announcer. We just know that the announcer literally had three heads in the same configuration. It was two heads. It was. The, the, the yeah, it was two heads because one was English, one was um, speaking um, its native language. I just re remember. I just recently watched episode one. <laughs> it is two heads. Yeah. Okay. I'm off. I am off. 
Damn. All right, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeet myself into oblivion. No, I'm just joking. Episode three. <laughs> the twins. I have dubbed this a highly kinetic DBZ level of action with Naruto versus Sasuke vibes. Use the Sith cloning story better than the Rise of Skywalker. Visuals are amazing. The color palette is just chef's kiss. It's short with lightsabers we'll once again never see in live action. Yeah. And it was done by Studio Trigger, which is very fucking obvious. If you've never seen a Studio Trigger show, I think if right at the top of my head, I think Kill. Not Kill Trigger. Not Kill. Is it Kill a Kill? No. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like. Trigger did a lot. Trigger's done a lot. Hold on. I was like. Because that animation was just like very chaotic. Um, Girl Lagan. Girl Lagan. So there we go. Yeah, they did Kill a Kill, Girl uh, Lagan, Little Witch Academia, Promare, uh, Space Patrol, Luluco, SSSSS, Gridman, BNA, Brand New Animal, uh, Inferno Cop, Turning Girls, Power Plant, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners. To be to be uh, to be created technically still, and a bunch of other fucking productions, uh, including like Black Dynamite, uh, just uh, Dynamite. Project X Zone as a video Dynamite. game, the Steven Universe video games on and stuff on Cartoon Network, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Care other stuff. Care and M is voiced by Neil Patrick Harris and Allison Brie, respectively. Once again, did not fucking know that was either one of them. And I just remember, like, Neil Patrick Harris voiced Spider-Man, like, three fucking times. So I should be used Neil Patrick Harris as a good voice actor. But they both prove, like, I want more of... This is one of these episodes where I was like, all right, I want more of this. I want a continuation of this, because this was really fucking good. <laughs> like, this was yeah. a lot of fun. Like, like this one, I I literally was watching this one at work, right? Mm-hmm. And when uh you know when the when the episode reaches its end, and the uh, the 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 brother you know speeds off in the way that he did because I'm trying to avoid spoilers so that way you know people can watch it because they're short stories. Um, like it it, it literally made me want to scream and just be like, holy shit, that. That's so fucking cool. And this is one of those things where I was like, they brought back something from Legacy that I'm so happy they made fucking canon again. Was the variable length lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that shit is a Legacy thing that they reconfirmed with that episode. Like, I want to see that in fucking live action. Can you imagine a Jedi or just someone who's like Ahsoka who's not tied to any affiliation... Just able to change the width. Not just the length, but the width of their fucking lightsaber. I would literally be like that dude in um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Where he just freaking the fuck out. He starts foaming and then pass out. Yeah. That would be me in theaters. Because I saw something that fucking cool in the Star Wars movie. Right? Like, they reconfirmed the fucking saber whips with that too. Holy shit. I I was thinking of a... I was thinking of Asajj Ventress when I saw that. But, yeah, exactly. Like, saber whips were a legacy thing, too. And that shit was reconfirmed with that. I, like, fuck. And then the... the oh. 
Oh. And they actually showed, because yes, they actually showed this time how the mechanism works for the variable length shit. And they also, they also like confirmed, like basically with the configuration of the lightsaber, that that is also what um, uh, Darth Vader's lightsaber is like. Because did you notice it looked very similar? Yes. Like they never explain it in the movies, but in in the actual like narrative for Darth Vader, the reason he has that same exact like hilt that that uh, that emitter he has is because as a as a robot, he lost a lot of mobility, so he needed to make up for it by making his sword physically longer, so that way his breath his like swipes would be able to like be a lot uh, more reaching. So that was like a feature that they developed for his lightsaber that became adopted. And if you want a visual guide on that, watch the last 10 minutes of Rogue One. Like, that shit, like, that, that is stuff that they talk about in, like, Legacy and in, like, you know, the, 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 the lore of stuff. That by putting it in these, pro- in these episodes and then by, you know, saying these are canon, they are reconfirming these, these mechanisms as things that exist in Star Wars canon. So these episodes are Star Wars canon, or what you say? Technically. Saying. I believe they're they're considered canon because I haven't seen anything in terms of articles saying they were. Oh, but uh, uh, while you look, I mean, I feel like it's like safe to bet that like if they're doing TV shows and shit on Disney Plus, that it's technically canon. I'm treating these episodes like they're not. Damn it! No need to worry about canon or universe rules or anything. Really, just have fun. Okay. Fine. I had, oh. I had fun with these. However, <laughs> they would still technically work like head- legacy stuff because this stuff was in legacy and it was so fun. Headcanon accepted. Headcanon accepted for but me. theories all around what cherry on top, everyone. Because like even the even the kyber crystal thing like like was was <sighs> I just I love the I, I feel I just feel happy because ha- like they're 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 starting new things, mm-hmm. and I'm recognizing things that I remember reading about that they said, "Hey, fuck all of this stuff." Yeah, I just I I love the design of this. I love the designs of their armors, their Sith yeah. armors, especially. Yeah. I love Aim's um, Sith helmet more better. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Like it, it's like, number one. And and just the it, it was so studio trigger like just releasing the dark armor and then all of a sudden like you know they look all they look all fucking ready to be like the hero just fighting against like their sister it's just ugh that whole shit was just it was so good it was so good yeah. of course I don't want to hear anyone bitching about um Princess Leia having to fly through space when we just had a fucking twins fight on a damn star destroyer yeah 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 in space i was i was was on that one for sure but it's so fucking cool i don't care i typed in here it's anime it makes sense there you go it's anime (laughs) see it was weird it was so weird when it was in the movie but in anime, it makes sense. Let, let's, let's just get far away from these movies. I gave this episode a 5 out of 5. I was thoroughly enjoyed. I want more of this, but I, I felt like it was a good exactly. end. It was a good end, though. I want more of that one as well. 5 out of 5. 
I'm nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Nice. Mm-hmm. What's the doc for? Nice. Um. Why? I mean, it was great. Like it was, it was frenetic, and it was um very engaging. The animation was gorgeous, but yeah, it's. I don't know. It wasn't like a super original story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Feel like, I mean, a lot of these are like sort of repurposed stories, but if they can repurpose them in like a way that's awesome, i.e., like the first episode, um, yeah, it just was. It's good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sasuke. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough, man. <laughs> Anyway, fair enough. So far, also, what we have, we totally been missing. Uh, we haven't been talking. So far, they've been keeping the traditional, like after the title card, but they're in space and it slowly tra- transitions down. Like you can see, is like, oh, this is like the movie, but then it goes right into its own animation when it pans right to the planet that they're on. Every single one had a wipe, by the way, like yeah. a transition wipe. So it's like they keep in that like that Star Wars theme with it as much as they can. Um, the next episode yes the episode 4 the village bride the village bride yes that, I, I, I loved the slow burn on that episode that's why I put in, yeah. the, in this description I put definitely the slower of an episode it's right in line with episode 1 this episode should have been the second episode before the third episode due to the pacing and story Really love the color palette in this one, and that's awesome design of a mask on F. And right. Her, and her lightsaber is Chef Kiss Awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! The whole design aesthetic of this episode, I loved. Like of all the episodes, really, that had individual lightsabers. Um, Cinema Citrus, and uh, yeah, Cinema Citrus is the animation studio for this episode. That's amazing. I'm I'm looking them up right now to make sure. Um, it's spelled with a K, not a C for cinema. Thank you. Um, it it felt like to me as close of a Miyazaki you was gonna get as close to a Miyazaki you was gonna get from this episode, just in terms of like the overall look and feel of it, especially when you get to the villain of the episode, like you can tell who was. This was the most obvious you can tell who was the heroes, who was the heroes, and who was the villains, because the the eyes of the villain, and then how the eyes look on F, and then her compa- her companion in the episode. Some notable works definitely are uh, Tokyo Magnitude Eight, Codebreaker, uh, Yu Yu Shiki, Black Bullet, uh, Made in Abyss, Card Fight. The Rising of Shield Hero, Erica Seven, oh, okay. uh, Hack uh, Dot Hack Quantum, Under the Dog, and uh, uh, she, uh, I can't pronounce that. I'm so sorry. Um, Moon Angel. <laughs> I only know Erica Seven out of all that. There, there are a lot of really fucking good ones here. So, okay, that's what the animation reminded me of. Like, I was like, this animation reminds me, um, reminds me of something. Um, 
the voice of F, Karen Fukuhawa. Hmm. I was like, and really? she, yep. Um, we also talked about she's been voice acting longer than she's actually been. She needs to be in more movies, all right? Suicide mm-hmm. Squad should not be her legacy. <laughs> no, it's this. Yeah. Now it's this, officially. Um, and the boys. She kicks ass in the boys. So, but the Suicide Squad should not be her legacy. <laughs> she got Craig in the Creek, though, which is a good... I just discovered that on HBO Max. You know what? She voices, she, um, she voices a couple of characters in that show. Um, the hair... Like, she played that quiet, reserved samurai. And then when she pulled out that blade, I was like, Ooh, I want that saber. I want that lightsaber. I want that samurai-looking lightsaber. Right? Like, the fact that they, they're, they're like, leaning into... Okay, I'm just nerding out more about the mechanics of that. Because, yes, they are leaning into the emitter technology and all that. And I'm just like, yes, fuck! It looks so goddamn clean! Um, like... The... Oh, the voice of Valko. My boy! Carrie Takawa... Um, Takawa... Takawa... Ah, my guy. Shang Tsung! From Mortal Kombat... <laughs> Amazing. I was like, I know that dude's voice. I kept on saying it through the whole episode. I know his voice. I know his voice. I know that voice somewhere. <laughs> and then when his name popped up, I was like, My boy, you finally in Star Wars. And you're a good guy for once because every time he pops up, he's always a villain or something. Hmm. He has a great smile. Let him be a hero. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's some people who were just born to be the villain. I know. <laughs> I know. Which is sad. But it was a good episode. And MVP is Balco in this episode. When she right. was when she was dealing with the with the Hasha situation, he just jumped, his helmet falls off, like, oh he lost his helmet. Nah. That shit just Go ahead. I'm sorry, no, I'm just like, yeah, he takes out the fucking droids in in less than a minute. <laughs> I was like, that is badass. Like, but I was... also, like, very daring to have a helmet that is also an explosive device. I was yes. thinking the same thing. I'm like, imagine if that shit malfunctions while you're wearing it. Right? Like, but as, But as soon as he came onto the scene, like, he, you can get, he gave the, uh, the sense of, I give no fucks. I lived my life. Yeah, kind of. Like, when he was offered a drink, he was like, hell yeah, give me a cup. Like, yeah, he, he's like it's rude <laughs> if you don't. Like, he's living his life. This guy's, this guy's lived life. <laughs> um, he has nothing much to say about this episode, but it, also, this is actually an episode I actually want to see more of F. I like more of F because we only get these snippets of her past. It's just... Mm-hmm. I, just the idea of like if these were canon mm-hmm. right like allowing these to be stories where you know like more stories could develop in future things this is like the kind of shit that I would want to see like this is like one of the first human Jedis I've seen in anything just rocking a mask right like I get concealing yourself 
um, cause you're a Jedi, but like, like normally Jedi's don't mind walking around like now nah, with the mask. Like I don't need to be seen. Definitely post the fall of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Cause I'm like, so I can understand the mask, but yeah. And then her saber color is yellow, and I think, I think, what was the reason if someone has a yellow saber? So the, that's the that's the thing the, the it changed. It definitely changed because originally the colors were something that were like um, that were by your position or like rank or specific like force affinity mm-hmm. in the order. Now the way that they describe it in the current stuff is it the the color is specific to the wielder to the user. It it has to do with the relationship that the specific user has to the force, which is still very. It, it's kind of similar to what it was before, but originally, like when you would see yellow, it would be either the color of like the sentinels that would guard specifically the Jedi temples, or it would also be the. Uh, it could also be the possible color if if they're saying that it's not yellow but gold, it would technically also constitute um, Jedi spies that were like sent into like different planets to observe and basically hide the fact that they were jedis in general which kind of fits with this stuff that's something that like that is in canon that it makes sense that that f's character would be like a yellow lightsaber color but if they're going by like the newer version of what it what it is it would technically be yeah it's just your relationship to the force which i'm not sure what yellow would indicate but it would also be the same i guess as like ray um, I think this is a good transition. Before we get to that transition, I gave this episode a five out of five. Five out of five for sure on this one for me too. That's not just you know what that that might just be me fanboying a little bit, but like I said, I I saw so much in these episodes. Like goddamn, Benny, I gave it ten out of ten uh, as well because it was just. I just, again, I love seeing different parts of Star Wars. Like, I love Star Wars, but I am so fucking sick and tired of Skywalkers, of Solos, of just, like... Yeah. uh, Yeah. This universe is so huge and vast that I just, I want more of it. So I love to see, like, little things like this where it's, you know, peaceful people that, like... I mean, obviously, the the symbolism with like one with the earth, and then like colonialism, like stripping them of yeah. their resources, and I'm like, yeah, fuck those bastards. Yeah, straight up, stupid like, colonizers. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It pleases me. <laughs> now to our transitional episode, the mid season point, if you will, if you taking it week by week. Episode five, the ninth Jedi. This is this is piggybacking to what Christian made a point of, where we meet Kara, and her father is a lightsaber weaponsmith, if you will. When she picks saber up smith. saber smith, thank you. When she picks up the saber, her color is like a muted like a mute is like not there but it's it's there but it's not there because she was able to like tangibly take out a speeder bike 
Yeah. It looked a lot like, what was it? Was it the Darksaber? Was that what they were doing in The Mandalorian in Season 2? Mm-hmm. The Darksaber Dark is different because, like, the, the Darksaber very specifically was made to, like, overload and overpower, like, lightsaber crystals, which is why it's dark black. But um, the idea is still there of that same, like, etherealness uh, that is, like, the chosen color, which is a whole other thing that it's, like, like I said, the original part, which I guess, but without jumping too far ahead, like, the fact that, that si- the reason that original canon Sith used to use red lightsabers was not because it was, like, the color associated with the dark side. It's because, like, um, the only reason that you would ever have a red crystal was because they were synthetic. It was the only ones that were able to be manufactured because Sith didn't want to go to the same planet that the Jedi were going to to get their lightsaber crystals as well. So they, when they synthetically, the only color that they could physically make them that could channel force energy was red. That fucking tracks. But now they've also introduced the idea that that um, kyber crystals are not exclusive to just Ilum. Yes, they're rare, but original canon was like all of them only come from one of two planets. So the description I gave this episode, because we don't want to jump ahead, because this is the longest episode um, of the nine made by production IG, my favorite anime company. Production IG, goddamn. They're also behind the Ghost in the Shell series, which is one of my favorite animes of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I titled this episode the one, this one was very interesting I liked it probably gave us more clues that this universe is more is before the prequel trilogy and after the High Republic just a thought because the fact that they say they haven't seen a lightsaber in years and I was thinking right on ahead on that that specific time of that canon where literally before episode one before like the Jedi Order came back and before the Sith Order before the rule of two technically started yeah, this would be before the rule of two for sure you had like i don't want to jump ahead but when we get to that portion i, I really like that that reveal like like a fucking holy shit moment good it was real good yeah. um the biggest star in this episode which was a holy shit in itself simu lu was the sabersmith Really? Shang-Chi himself. Damn. And, well, also Masayaka Okai um, from Heroes was, yeah. was the basic I, I, hero of uh, I recognized that one, and I was just like, holy shit, is that the dude from Heroes? I was like, oh shit. I was like, I have not seen him in, well, the last thing I've seen him in was Hawaii Fiber. I was so happy to hear. I was so happy to hear his voice, honestly. I was just like, damn, that's awesome. Um, something I did not mention from episode one. Um, his name is Michael Center... Nicholas? Sorry, bro. Butcher your last name. He plays Hinjin in this episode. He's the voice of Dean Venture in the Venture Brothers. Oh, shit. And he's on. He's credited on every single episode of of Star Wars Visions as random voice characters, and I think a producer as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. Just that is a vocal range of a character, and Dean Venture is actually modeled after him as well. So, 
I was like remembering that I'm like the creators of the Venture Brothers ain't shit because they treat Dean like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw his face, I was like, "Yep, that's Dean Venture." Damn. <laughs> but back to this episode. Um, this is really great seeing one of the newer places where kyber crystals come from. But once again, this is not canon. Still, it was it was great. Um, I felt this was like a more mystery episode, which is more in line with production IG. They love building <laughs> mystery within their shows, like especially Ghost in the Show. And then um, seeing this young girl, like you tell she's not one, pun intended, not one with the force, but she is like, she has a way. She's strong she, with the force. She's strong, but not that strong enough until we get to a specific point. Um, and then we get that, is he a villain? Is, I had his name written down. There it is. Is margrave a villain or is he not because also like they paint it as if margrave is a villain they're like holy shit why hasn't he come out yet and shit like that but have you noticed the lighting it's very clue it's very clue but you notice the lighting on the robot made it seem like it was an evil smirk on its face yeah it was on purpose for sure yeah because i was like i was like god damn i did appreciate that sort of like um subverting of expectations because you're just like oh he's gonna fuck him up he's gonna be like general grievous style like six arms are gonna come out with all the lightsabers and like fucking chop them all down um and then they were like haha just kidding because um as soon as um la zima finished the sabers jedi hunters come capture him kara is uh task with delivering the sabers to which she successfully took out one of the dudes on the bike with um yep. the saber that she which was fucking awesome that was good that was a good chase scene yeah i i was very satisfied with it i was like all right they're going through the woods again very star wars and i'm like oh oh wait no no okay no. also because of this episode i need to learn more about droids who drink tea Right? I was like, they try drinks tea. Like, this is one lazy ass droid. This is a lazy like, ass fucking droid. No, 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 no. He's not yeah, lazy. Not. He's in retail. <laughs> right? They had a lot of droids in <laughs> all of these episodes, and I think that might have been my favorite one. <laughs> um, like, that, that droid was the epitome of, like, retail person. Who's just like, I'm on my fucking break right now. Do not ask me for anything. <laughs> like, like well, you ain't doing nothing. I'm on my break. <laughs> um, but it also comes back. It also brings back um, the, 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 ah, what was the word we used for uh, Neil Patrick Harris lightsaber? I'm calling it the extendo blade. Fuck it. <laughs> extendo blade. I'm calling it like a lightsaber. <laughs> Thank you. But she was able to do it on the fly without needing to like m- configure on the uh, the the hilt of the blade. She was able. Oh no! To- it would still be it. It would still be on the hilt. But then it must be she was. Shit. Oh right! But it, they said it was at the at the length. So 
Yeah, there's she, a couple of yeah. Because she was just yeah. cha- she was changing the length of the blade at will, while you saw him just like obviously um care changing the blade while physically touching it. I don't know how they would explain that here, but I do know how the way they explained it in original canon. Go ahead. This is in legacy. Side. The way they used to explain that was that the the force wielder was strong enough in their connection to their kyber crystal and their lightsaber that they could control the actual knob with the force as they're using the blade okay like they would literally like it's still a variable knob but they would use the force to adjust the knob as they're fighting to like subdue their like to to subverse their opponents and like make their strikes much more unpredictable and stuff okay like like i have i have spent a stupid amount of time like watching videos and reading like old canon stuff on like how this stuff used to work in the old not only in the old canon but i mean like in the old days of the jedi like hundreds of years before they were actually jedi and they came from the planet jedda like i i did this level of lore research i fucking love lore there's a reason i played dnd oh we know we did a whole close to our episode we know and we love you for it. I love you guys. And we get to the uh, part of the episode where we did have our oh shit moment. Right. She delivered the sabers. Both her and Ethan was like, you all are the Sith Lords. Like, holy fuck. That was a good moment. I was like, oh wait, what the fuck? Like, that was a fantastic I, moment. And I was like, god damn it. No. The oh shit! I totally forgot the part where um, Joro was smiling while his ro- in the robot when he was in the robot yeah. is when Ethan picked up the saber and it came out blue. The smile kicked in. I thought it was an evil smile. I was like, oh, this motherfucker's evil. But then when we yeah. get to yeah. it. It was actually no. He was happy because one of them are is actually an actual fucking Jedi. Other, there's at least one other compatriot here. Basically, yeah. Yeah. But he was still overwhelmed, though. Because he was like... Yeah, oh, yeah. Kara was only the only one kicking ass. At least attempting to kick Well, ass. like, yeah, between Kara and Ethan, they, like, both kicked ass together. Kara a lot more. And then fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Gerald like, and... Um, I don't have that dude's name on the list. Yeah, like, they were, they like, the, the one that, the one that had the purple lightsaber in the end. They tur- yeah, they turned yeah. red to purple. That yeah. was... Which- that was cool which is also canon this is what i mean like this is exactly what i mean about like i don't know where the line is between the old canon of like the actual meaning of the connection to the force with the colors versus the new canon of each individual user because the the, okay can can i please be a little nerdier for one more moment would you Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm So originally, what the what the colors meant, right? Like I said, with the yellow was the sentinel thing. Mm-hmm. Um, blue meant that you were Jedi Knight. It meant that you were like the strongest in the ways of all the katas. Basically, not they didn't call them katas, but the all the forms of like using a lightsaber and basically were the most competent fighters. Um, and they were used as knights and stuff like in 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 the order. 
those that had green had the strongest connection to the force. That's why all the sages had green, like Yoda and Kit Fisto and a bunch of those, like and Luke, they all had the strongest connections with the force itself. And were able to use like use and exercise like some of the strongest force powers than anybody in the order. And they like most of the time it wasn't exclusive to the grandmasters, but most of the time all the masters were like green. Uh, purple specifically meant, which is why Mace Windu and o- the only other person in the order at the time, Kit, F- uh, not Kit Fisto, it was um, Kia D. Mundi, the dude with the big fucking head and like the the long white like long white mm-hmm. beard and stuff. Mm-hmm. That dude had a blue lightsaber, but he also technically could ha- use. A- he originally had a purple one. Because the thing with purple was, it was a user that specifically had connection to both the dark and light sides of the force, and could wield both at will. Which is why I'm like, which is why I'm like, with the fact that it changed from red to purple in that moment, I was like, fuck, (laughs) and like it technically proves both theories correct. Hey, it was, um, it was very solid. It was a good. It was a, it was a subtle change because I didn't notice it, and then I had to mm-hmm. rewind it to actually notice the the the, the change. Yeah, it went from red to purple in the middle of the fight as he was like fighting, and like you could see like the rest of the Sith were falling, and in the middle of the fight, it changes from red to purple very subtly. You're right; they didn't draw attention to it, but it like by the time they were telling him like, "Hey, this isn't the real you," he was wielding a purple one. You want to say something, Benita? I was just going to make a joke about how I have this headcanon that um, it was Samuel L. Jackson that made George Lucas come up with all this shit about purple lightsabers. Even though I'm sure they showed up in, like, stuff before. No, that, no, That's no, just that's my headcanon. That is, is confirmed. It? Yeah, there was an interview with, with, uh, with uh, uh, Samuel Jackson. Jackson on uh, the Graham Norton show back in like 2008 or something like that and they straight up asked him it's like so uh, so why did you, they give you the purple lightsaber he goes oh I asked for it like I literally went up to George and was like hey I want a purple lightsaber and he's like well no lightsabers are either green or, or blue and he's like yeah but I want a purple one because I in the entire huge battle of episode 2 I want to be able to see myself where I'm at okay well purple one and then it was and it was after that that they started writing the canon for the fucking purple ones oh thank you samuel l jackson that was that was at least at least in an interview it was confirmed by sam jackson that literally the reason that he has a purple lightsaber is because he asked for one accepted yeah he wanted to be noticed he all, by the way, if you didn't already know, he also owns the the prop of like his own lightsaber, and he had he had it inscribed "Bad Motherfucker," and it's and supposedly he has that like in his house. Meanwhile, with Ian McGregor, fantastic. Meanwhile, with Ian McGregor, he has it somewhere in his attic. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was an actor, I'd like just have so much shit in boxes in the attic where I'm like, oh, gotta steal this from this movie. Oh, gotta steal this from this set. Yep. I would hope to be like Paul Rudd. Because did you hear what Paul Rudd did? No. 
Paul Rudd supposedly took like the Captain of America Avengers Avengers like like from the from Endgame, the Captain America shield, like the 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 full prop one, and had every single cast member sign it, and they auctioned it off for char- charity for like fifty five thousand dollars or some shit like that. The fuck. Like he he got every cast member to sign it, and they auctioned it off. Like I was that's like, damn, cool. that's, that's really fucking cool, actually. Or you could be the opposite and be like Chris Hemsworth, who just steals the hammers to the point where now the MCU has security guards watching him. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. funny. But that's funny though. <laughs> like he tried. He he legit said he tried to steal the axe. Yeah, yeah. They they wouldn't let him right. They couldn't. Mm-hmm. They they were like. Oh, they, they, they they, got that. They I actually, mean, Stormbreaker is half his size. Like, how the fuck you think you gonna walk out with that, bro? Like, I can understand letting him walk out with Mjolnir on accident, being like, oh, maybe it's a prop one or whatever. But like, Stormbreaker, that's a whole yeah. ass. You're not exactly yeah. taking it all the way to your car without somebody no. you. You can't do the whole like fold my jacket over my arm to try and hide it thing. Like, you can't, yeah, you can't do the whole like I'm just holding my jacket weirdly in an angle and your jacket right. all over the hammer and shit. Or, yeah, uh, Ben Affleck is my favorite one. He asked, he straight up asked, how much would it cost for let me have my whole Batman suit? They told him the price. He was like, I'll take the battering. I'll take the battering. I love that. <laughs> I was like, it must be that fucking expensive if you had to just say, I'll just take a battering as my souvenir of being Batman. I mean, he probably doesn't want to spend that much money on a reminder of some terrible movies. He kept his Daredevil suit, Benita. I mean, wouldn't you, though? He kept his Daredevil suit. I mean, wouldn't you, though? Regardless, wouldn't you though? Those were one. Those were different times. Those were the early two thousands. We don't speak of those when it comes to the early two thousands. We're, we're speaking on it because Star Wars is at that point in time. Not just Star Wars. I give this episode a four out of five only because yes, it has an end, but it ends on a fucking cliffhanger. This is definitely mm. another one of those like fuck. I want to see this. Like this yeah. one, I want to see more of because she needs to save her father. And it, four point five, four point five for that reason. Like she needs to save her dad. Like, god damn it! And we also yeah. and they, 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 they bucked the trend. They also bucked the trend on. Um, sorry, go ahead. It's a nine out of ten for me, just because I love being surprised. That was a good twist. It was a great twist, and they showcased it in just a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. It was Chef's Kiss. Episode 6? Science uh, 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 Saru did this episode. Uh, not my favorite episode either. Um, it, was, it was a good one, but it was not my cup of tea. Um, the title of the episode is called T0B1, or when you figure out the t- actual title of the kid's name, Toby. Toby. I love it. The, I know they called him Toby. But I kept reading this as 2B1. 2B1? Yep, because it's like 2B1 with force, 2B1 Jedi, like 
I don't know. I thought it, it was it just... Works, uh, it works on multiple levels. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, very good. Plus, like, the whole Astro Boy feel to it was a lot of fun. Um, which are... Because which, it's... Which is the creative of the studios. Of that studio. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You was you right on the money on that one, Benita. It was the same studio who done Astro Boy. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, plus, I get, like, I just... I like seeing people have joy with the force. Like, he still has, like, a little bit of the tragic backstory, you know, with his, like, quasi-dad um, being brutally murdered and stuff. But he's still so joyful and happy, and he just wants to be a Jedi, and he's so excited to be a Jedi. And he's just happy, which is very rare to see any Jedi or Sith um I mean Sith obvious reasons but um like you know they're always fucking tortured dipshits mm -hmm. or like highfalutin dipshits like <laughs> man just I just like seeing people enjoy uh their skills you know um makes sense he still got his father killed. He told him to stay away from the ship and openly broadcast where they're at. It's that trope of kids not listening that gave the me that made me give this a two out of five. Because <laughs> right it, at first it was a three point five, only because the color palette it, it's it has the our cell of Astro Boy, but it's like leaning heavy more on that watercolor palette. Yeah. But I was like, oh, they're doing that kid trope. They're doing that kid trope. And me through the whole episode, did he get his arms chopped off? Because I don't see his hands come out once. His arms chopped off for sure. Is Yeah. But, he, you know, he's a robot. No, he can reattach it. Oh, no, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about 2B1. I'm talking about the father, um, the, the elder. Oh, yeah, he had no arms. <laughs> um, the voice, actually, the voice of the elder surprised the shit out of me Kyle Chandler wait are we moving on to the elder the elder is the um professor Mitaka no oh I know you're talking about the okay yeah the elder yeah. is the name of another episode so like so that's why I was confused yeah so like you can just say like professor so, dad sorry I, I put in my notes um, wasn't wasn't digging wasn't digging this episode had too many Astro Boy vibes had too many kids not listen to their elders tropes. I think that's just you being like like old grumpy old man. Yeah, I think that's just you being a grumpy yeah. old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> it, it is it's not gonna it's not gonna get any better when we get to episode seven. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's why I'm saying <laughs> it's okay. So. I mean, I can understand why you hate that trope, but, like, it also makes absolute sense within the context of this episode, because he's, like, it's on, it's somewhere here on this planet, and the kid's like, I have looked everywhere, except the basement, where I was told not to go, <gasps> that's where he hit it, ah, like, on that high of, like, I figured it out, and then, of course, like, you get distracted by a fucking spaceship, I get distracted by a fucking spaceship, dreaming about spaceships and I'd touch every fucking button. 
Now listen. Every fucking button. When he says every button. Listen to oh. the force. Like Benita, are yep. you are you gonna touch every button? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Um, also, side note, you are doing a massive uh, disservice to the Japanese voice actress that portrayed Toby because it was uh, Masako Nozawa who uh, voices everything under the fucking sun but is most known for Goku um, from Dragon Ball Z. And um, that lady is fucking 85 years old. I just want to point that out. She is still kicking. Still kicking. Jeebus. And kicking. Major ass. I was. I was. In the voice acting world. I was gonna get to that because I had it in. I had it in font. In in um, bold font for myself. Oh, not disrespect. Just (laughs) jumping the gun. (laughs) Oh, I just hadn't gotten there yet. Uh huh. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. I'm just gonna delete it right now. Has been said it. Thank you. Moving on to the next episode. <laughs> no, but uh, but um, I know she. When I started watching anime, and Dragon Ball was one of the ones that I started watching. Um, just stumbled upon it on the Asian channel. When you when you have those old TVs, when you don't have cable, and you just flick in the channels during the summer to find something to watch, and then I just stumbled upon an Asian channel, and Dragon Ball was there. From Dragon Ball. To now, she has been the voice of Goku for me as a kid. And then Sean, then you have Sean Chamel. So, please, what, universe. You know, what? I'm not even gonna say universe because. Wood, don't even just fucking knock on wood and move on. Don't even say it. All right, episode yeah. seven, the elder. <clears throat> right, uh, are we not even rating this one? Sorry, I was I was, uh, I, I was scared. Um, jinxing that poor woman. Benita. Yeah, don't jinx it. Just, just, just rate the episode, man. I already said two out of five. Okay. Benita, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Wait, you said two out of five? Yeah, I did. Oh damn, damn. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say I was gonna. I, I didn't want to give it a four out of five, so I was gonna go Benita, and I was gonna say seven point five out of ten. Oh, see, yeah, that's good because I was like flip flopping between like seven and a half to eight, but yeah, I think seven and a half is good. I think seven and a half. That's that's good. Speaking of sevens, episode seven, the elder. Oh, I see what you did there. By the way, it's also seventeen minutes long. Yes, one of the third longest episodes. Um, I gave this. I dubbed this one a horror murder mystery vibe. From once again by Studio Studio Trigger. I liked it so much. Um, this was their second episode that they did. Um, another trope of someone young not listening to the fucking elder. But this has always been the case with the Padawan, though. So, yeah, yeah. At least with Toby, it was excitement wanting to be a Jedi. This is a Padawan who wants to prove himself, though. Yeah, which is you know semi commonplace amongst the Padawans. Yep. Um, this one, I was like. That's di- I thought it was Bruce Greenwood through the whole fucking episode. I was like, that's Bruce Greenwood. That gotta be Bruce Greenwood. David fucking Harbour. Damn. As the voice of Crosser. I was like, what? 
was, I was looking at that character design and I was like, thank you, thank you very much, um, Star Wars, for finally giving me a character that I could cosplay. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Because I was like, wait a minute. I, I can do it with the hair. I can. I think I can. Because <laughs> I've been trying to find the fucking voice actor for the Elder. Because that dude was creepy as fuck. Right? But in... Um, isn't it the guy that did the... That was like the Emperor dude in Big Trouble in Little China? Yes! Is that him? James Hong. Yes. You are correct, Benita. Found him. It is. Um, the voice of that guy. That's pretty interesting, though. Like, right? The voice of Dan. His, his name is Jordan Fisher. If you don't know who he is, he was in Until Dawn as Matthew. Oh, he died in my playthrough. I, I figured somebody. <laughs> figure either you or Chris who played it. Probably did. I actually let him live. Well, no, we were actively trying to like keep him alive because, right, he was the one that had like the annoying girlfriend. Mm hmm. I let her die. We we, We were doing everything we thought in our power to get her to die. And then he was the one that ended up dying, and we were so pissed. We were so fucking pissed. Don't you like, when that happens? Yeah. Um, just. Have you been trying to kill someone and somebody you love dies? Uh, he also voices four different characters in um, Shira and the Princesses of Power. He voices Seneschal, Seahawk, Soda Pop, and the Horde soldiers. Wow. And he's such a good show. And he is the first person to ever play the live-action Bart Allen, Kid Flash, in The Flash, on The Flash. Damn. So he has some pedigree behind him, but he still played a Padawan who was too who went against someone too big for their britches. I thought he died. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, don't don't kill the Padawan. Don't, he's because so spot. Because so far, he's the only person of color that I've seen that was ever a Padawan. I was Honestly, like... fair, though. <laughs> I mean, like, to... Like... Well, so far, we have seen... Do two... you need to see, like, Mace Windu as a Padawan? No, I don't want to see Mace Windu as a Padawan. We've seen him as a Jedi who... When, we get, when I get to episode three, once again, I'm going to keep my... I'm an adult... I'm going to be come at this with an open mind. But I still have fucking problems how the way Mace Windu got taken out in episode three. I'm just saying. He did, yeah. Yeah. The way how black people in Star Wars in general, and women at that. This what, is what, all three of them? This is why I yeah. like Visions, because you have women at the forefront in the majority of these episodes, and they're in good position. Like, just like, they're not what we we've been seeing through all of what if the fucking ref, the refrigerator trope mm, yeah here they're all fucking badasses in their own rights yep yeah i'm just it's you know star wars certainly could use a bit more women and melanin 
Yes. Yep. And I know, I think one of the newer, um, the the ones that you were talking about, Christian, the ones that just came, recently came out um, for Star Wars. Um, books. Yes, because I know one of them is a woman, um, a black woman. I think she's a Jedi. I believe so. And one I of the, read and one of the so. and then one of the newer stories, which is cool, because which is you don't fucking see in live action. <laughs> the fact that she's regulated to a novel that could or could not be canon. It irks the shit out of me. When just just seeing the title, it could. Oh be. no no no! The High Republic books are canon. Okay. That is fact. Okay, because I'm like, ever since Disney no, no, took no, no. ever since Disney took over Star Wars, it's just been a fucking. No, hundred percent. The High Republic books are canon. That's like kind of the reason. Okay, because like we we said this before, and we're gonna repeat ourselves. Ever since Disney took over Star Wars, it's just been a fucking complete mess. Well, I would say it's been a mess in the way that they've handled their own, like, lore. But as far as production for, like, future stuff, it's been pretty good. But the thing is, it's, like, it's more fucky about, like, what they're including in canon and what they're not. I'm gonna say it's just as much a mess as the first Star Wars movies were because those prequel movies were a fucking mess. Honestly, kind of, yeah. So, like, they're not any worse. I would like to make a point, though, that, like, as a person who read the books that kind of, like, came out during those times and is reading the current stuff, I personally am enjoying the current stuff more. Okay. Like, I mean, they, they have fucked up. Like, not arguing that at all i'm just saying like people tend to forget that like george lucas fucked it up first yeah, yeah like people are like oh yeah like star wars was better before disney had it it's like do you remember mm, do you remember George? like it the, um, the problem is do we you now remember have do you remember jess we've had generations do you Remember jizz? Do you have the jizz hands? Huh? Huh? I remember yeah. the calling yeah. in the air tonight. George Lucas did that. George Lucas did that. So don't even get me. Just okay. Up oh Lord. Burn myself in. It's fine. Um, okay. So the elder, uh, I. I was fine with this episode. Like, I was not wowed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't amazed by it. Uh, it was just, it was fine. So it's also like seven and a half for me. I gave it a 4.5 cause, um, out of five. Because only because Studio Trigger proves how good they are. They give you, we have that chaotic, hyper stylized episode with the twins. And then with this one, the animation was more subdued. It gave you that, like I said, that murder mystery, that horror feel. It showed it was this was like a more serious in tone type of episode. It's very interesting where you could tell like the resources go because it's like it's very indicative of like what the tone of what they're trying to elicit and focus on is very different because obviously they're both trigger, but one of them is like uh, stylistically not as focused on the on the like 
actual representation of like the emotion being emoted from the characters more the stylized like way that they're interacting with their environment and what their emotions are like like in a a artistic representation whereas the elder is much more focused on the facial animations because of like how narrative how how much of the language is not verbal and what they're trying to communicate it's very interesting in how you could see like the the art styles even though it's the same company it's the same production studio focusing their resources and their energy on what they're actually animating in like the focus of how it serves the narrative purpose of the story itself i thought that was super interesting to see between the two and your rating nine nine out of ten on this one okay episode eight lop and ocho um oh god this one this one might be my favorite one maybe I have some gripes with it, mainly in terms of Ocho, because she reminds me of a little bit of Kylo. Like, I mean, is it really more reminding you of Kylo or reminding you of the archetype of the of the like like the child that didn't really know what they grew up with? It's that it's that trope where it is definitely that trope, but it shows where. You have the loving parent and this kid who, the one kid who thinks they know better, but they don't know shit. See, I disagree because I think they showcased how um, you can have the same thought process, Mm -hmm. you know, say like, um, you know, like. Democrat Republican type thing where you're both like, oh yeah, we should totally tax the rich. It's like that doesn't like, well, most of us anyway, but whatever. But come at it like a different way. So like both of them want what's best for their town. They just disagree on how to get there. where they think will get there the best. Yeah. And so like. But it, I, I thought that was good. But it like, wasn't like, oh, I'm evil and like emo. Like it was like, no, it was genuinely for like the best of the city. Um, I definitely did wish this was 35 minutes longer than just straight up 21 minutes. Oh, this needed to be so much fucking longer. Yeah, like, I wanted to see so much more on that one. I couldn't place that one on the timeline. And on top of that. High Republic or way after any of the other stuff. And on top of that, I like the fact that we was introduced to a new species in Star Wars. Yeah, I was like, okay, they got bunny people. Yeah. Because I've like, cool. I, I been spent I spent the better part Final of Fantasy has entered the chat. <laughs> Honestly yeah. though, like that wor- that would work in Star Wars. That's the thing. It's like Star Wars is basically a fantasy setting, just it is a high fantasy setting, just fucking in space. Like it's it's so weird to describe on like a I guess on a on a on a world description level. Yeah, because I've been I spent the better part of this day trying to find the fucking name of Lop species. Because I even uh, I ever went back to rewind it. I never heard it once being spoke out loud or heard Lop. I don't, I don't recall Lop even said um, what was her species name. Just the planet that she was from. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they said it. 
Well, according to uh, what's it? Wikipedia. Accord- uh, I'm looking. I'm looking for this real quick. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, according to the new D and D canon that just dropped with their newest source book this last week, uh, that character would be a member of the Heron Gun race. Cross pollinating Star Wars with the D and D bit for anybody who bought um, I mean, uh, the to wild know where they came up with that name like uh like hair it's it's spelled h-a-r-e okay n-g-o-n okay. hair like herring gun like like you know like okay herring okay. gun that makes sense i was thinking more like yeah. herring bone type thing so okay um okay gino studio is the studio for this episode Nice. Um, I think we, I think we hit it on the nail on the head. We wish this episode was longer. Um, we like Lop. Um, oh, her little uh, DBZ. Oh, they did Golden <laughs> Mui. Okay. Um, her um, her DBZ power reader on her <laughs> as a as a, on her on her um, over her eyes like. Mm-hmm. Was, the uh, the the scouter. Yeah, the scout. I was hoping someone. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over nine thousand. <laughs> How is that impossible? That is impossible. Over nine thousand. <laughs> That's impossible. I shouldn't do that on the drive throw. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched I way know. too much Dragon Ball Z abridged to I'm not dying. know that. Fuck. <laughs> 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 but yes, Lop and Ocho is a is it's honestly uh, okay. So I love the like, I love the fact that I can't place where the fuck on the timeline this is honestly, because it gives me vibes of like like that it may be somewhere super far in the fucking future, or it could be so far in the past where it's like it just be, like becoming tradition or something at this point. I'll say in the past the way how they, this is more overt of uh, blending Japanese culture with um, science fiction. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, and then I gave it a four out of five. Um, only once again, it comes down to the runtime, just like episode. Um, just like the Ninth Jedi, I wish this was fucking longer. Yeah, this one needed to be stretched out more for sure, or at least expanded upon for maybe two more episodes, two or lo- more. Give us more episodes! Damn it! Why did they do this? Why did they do this? Because it's amazing and it's a great expression of art. But either way, fuck! I want more. That would cost effective, and it probably wouldn't be in the way for each of these studios with the already. I know, I know. And on top of that, it's an anime, so that means either they're gonna do it for one, maybe two seasons, or they're gonna do it for so long I won't give a shit by the end of it. God damn it! If they do another season, they'll probably another different six companies, anime companies doing it. Yeah, that would be cool though. That would still be really cool. And now episode nine. Going to excuse me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, we gotta I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. Sorry. Um, you're you're raging. I am giving this a six out of ten. Oh my god! Six out of ten. I um. So it's this pearl. is one of the episodes, 
I think that uh, suffered because it didn't have a long runtime, okay. and uh, just kind of showcasing that like you can have a great concept and this great idea, but if you don't have enough time to like adequately execute that um, thing, it really affects it because like in a blink of an eye we were like oh here's a happy picture of you becoming part of a family and then we jump forward seven years and I'm just supposed to be like yes look they're a close wonderful family that's fighting immediately when we're reintroduced to them seven years later uh I mean, sure I that. it's like it's like we needed the filler in between there yeah like they had such a good concept so when they're arguing about which way they think is going to be the best way to like help their land prosper like that's what i wanted more of i wanted more of that shit more of that backstory to showcase how easy it is for people to be like no i do think the empire is the way to go because they have all of these resources or someone's like well no i think the republic's the way to go because you know we've got our laws set up we have representation you know like whatever fucking bullshit yeah it is like yeah versus this where then it's like oh adopted daughters fighting over then being pissed over some ancient heirloom sword which looked cool like totally that lightsaber was i think one of the coolest ones um easily of this series uh but yeah it just i would argue the one in the elder that has just the the circle around as the guard like i would argue mm -hmm. that is a run for the money but yes that Mm -hmm. one definitely fucking awesome yeah um so yeah this one just it it left me wanting more but like I, I don't know if I would say it was, like, in a good way. Like, I mean, I still want more. Like, I would love to learn more about them. But I'm also, like, there's still a sh- fucking shit ton more I want to know about this shit. Like, who the fuck are these people other than just the name Lop and Ocho? Like, I don't even know what the fucking dad's name was. Did he even have a name? Yeah. Was it just dad? Father! 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 Yeah, it's fine. Oh, next. The father name was Yashaburo. Just you know, just Yashaburo. Yasaburo. Yasaburo. Big boss Yasaburo. But also, um, another animation cue when you see Ocho as a kid, and then when he gets an adult, obviously the 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 eyes is the marker. Ocho's eyes is wide, while I mean Lop's eyes are wide, while Ocho's eyes is just. Slanted. Descent into villainy. Oh, you mean you didn't get that from when she wiped the blood oh, no, no, from no. her finger? When you meet, when, when, no, when they do the time. It was they, a joke. I don't need you to explain this to me. See, when you and your jokes, they either land, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm with you there. And then there's one of these times here where I'm like, I guess my big dumb brain just didn't get it. Anywho, did you give your your rating on this episode, Chris? Uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Okay. Now, Akakiri. 
out of respect, I would not give the actual title I gave this episode. But I will say, oof, that's a big woman. Oof. This, oh, damn. Yeah, but this one, I like the approach to it, seeing the descent of a Jedi becoming a Sith apprentice, but the, also the hint, hinted meaning of you can never really run from your own fate. Yeah, like it was a. How do I say it? It's like it, it was. It was a much more thought evocative piece. Mm-hmm. Like wow. it definitely had the the the. It had that that conflict of whether or not it is worth it to give up what you feel is your freedom for what you want. And how how much bearing fate has on you. I, I think that's kind of what I took from that a lot. Benny? Uh, it was my least favorite episode of this season. Because, cool. um, again, like, oh, tragic Jedi love story. <laughs> Haven't heard that before ever in the history of Star Wars never oh no the hero not Anakin what What? the hero is somehow like somewhat responsible for the death of his love interest oh no I would say this is better because at the very least we didn't get the amount of whining that we did with Anakin because he was able to bring her back like immediately and then be like that's true Cool, now you're it's alive. True. Now I'm going to go be an asshole for the rest of the time. At least I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely uh, give it a bunch of points for having uh, Lorraine Toussaint in this. Because yes. she's fabulous. Queen. Just, like, everything from, like, just minor little parts that she always gets which I'm like you deserve so much more than this girl but like uh, just she's been in so many video games TV shows she also was in She-Ra she was like uh, what was it the Orb Weaver the Shadow Weaver Oh, I can't even remember the character's name she's fabulous I'm gonna gonna go ahead and call it right now 4 out of 5 still a better love story than Twilight Ooh, mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> mic wow. motherfucking drop. George I T- mean, can't argue with that. Uh, George Takai was Sinshu. Ooh. From Ken's Convenience, who's all, um, his name is Kion Young. He was also in The Mandalorian as a, not an Imperial, a um, rebel pilot. He voiced oh. Kimachi. Oh, okay. One of the ones like on the ice planet? Yeah. Got from, you. from recent season of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Henry Golding himself voiced to, um, Shubaki, the Jedi oh, who becomes uh-huh. a villain. Oh. Um, that man should be in everything. He's a good-looking man, and he has a damn good um, sounding voice. <laughs> uh, I, that is a true story. And this is not up for debate. 
and I will. I haven't watched Snake Eyes though, and I probably never will. So, I uh, my brother saw it, and um, he said, "Just wait till it's free to watch. Don't, 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 don't put no money on it." That's as good a I mean, review as any, right? Wait till it's free. Sounds sounds about right for uh, an HGI Joe movie ever. <laughs> um, well, you're telling me a JI Joe movie underperformed in the box office? What? <gasps> uh, I hate this chair. Um, Misa was voiced by Jamie Chung. Hmm. And I am still like she's. I can this, this confirms it. she's the only successful real world person. <laughs> housemate to be successful in Hollywood. Hmm. If you really sit and think about it. <laughs> Do your thing, Jamie Chung. Damn. Um, I gave this episode a 5 out of 5. because I thought it was good. I thought this is the descent of a Jedi becoming a Sith was... Uh, I agree with Chris. It was executed more better here than episode 3 because we just got whiny bitch boy Anakin. <laughs> nah. I'm getting it out now before I watch episode three because I'm gonna be bitching about it when I watch episode three. You're breaking my heart, Amy. I still love that fucking entrance to like the fucking MTV Music Awards or whatever that like Jimmy Fallon did where they spoofed that scene in episode three. Where he's just like, but Padme, but like, here, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make this like our, our vacation spot. Like, look, we're gonna have cup holders. They're gonna be like this. They'll be like this small. And the whole time it's just like her like, <laughs> it's the stupidest thing, but it's Jimmy Fallon pretend. I was like, gonna say that sounds like a Jimmy Fallon joke. Yeah, it is the stupidest goddamn thing, but it is Jimmy Fallon back when I liked him. Or my, yeah. <laughs> my favorite Family Guy Star Wars. She died of a broken heart. We have all this medical technology, and she died of a broken heart. Right? Mm-hmm. Like science can't save you know broken hearts. Also, just ignoring the fact that like George Lucas forgot his own canon, where he literally had Princess Leia say in Return of the Jedi, "No, what do you remember about your real mother? Oh, I just remember she was sad." She had a smile that was great, but she was so sad. Like, the fuck, bro? It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hard cut to fucking <sighs> Ah, Dying in childbirth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I am going to give this episode uh, five grains of sand out of ten. Oh my god. Um, god. Because oh god. it's coarse. It's rough. It just went everywhere. Like, um, and again, like, rehashed premise. Like, if you can do it right, I won't really care. Um, I don't feel like this one was executed well. Um, the flashback thing wasn't really working for me either. And yeah, it just damn. Science Saru did this episode as well. Um, they so they this is their second episode. The the animation style is very different from the, um, their Astro Boy heavy looking episode. Yeah, which is not bad. 
Um, I mean, I liked the animation because it kind of had that, like, chaotic feel, look and flow of almost like um, kind of like a Japanese art, like mm-hmm. paintings and stuff, like the line paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, stylistically, it's very, it's very reminiscent. Yeah, but I just yeah. Episode just didn't do it for me. All right, all right. Well, that is those amazing. five points were all one hundred percent just for the right two songs. <laughs> okay. Um, did you Fair. give your your rating, um, Chris? Yes, I said four out of five. Still a better love story than Twilight. Okay. Yeah. And overall for this season, we're gonna give it up. Give it. I'm gonna give the overall season a strong nine out of ten. Yeah, because even though like some of the episodes were faltering, like overall, the product as a whole made very solid, happy and solid. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, just, I mean, even if you didn't like, like I didn't like a lot of the episodes, but I they were still well done, well produced, well drawn. Um, it's it just is, you know like normal things. Like sometimes it's a hit, and sometimes it's a miss. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I'm gonna say, te- I'm gonna give it a technical nine. I'm gonna give it a heart eight. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Let's see what you did there. And before we head out, this is my ideal episode order. Number okay. one, episode one, we keep it with the duel. Episode two, be the village bride. Episode three, the twins. Episode four would be Ninth Jedi. Five would be Tatooine Raspity. Six will be two B one. <clears throat> Seven um, will be Lop and Ocho. Eight will be the Elder, and then you end it off with Akikiri. I could see that. I could see that. It's very. It, it, I could see that, especially having curated music with you. I could see why you're doing okay. that. Yeah. I understand. I don't know. I kind of liked the chaoticness of each episode it, it, it in its place. Like, yeah, it felt like I didn't know what to expect each episode, which I was fine with. Yeah. 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 And with that, thank you for listening to this episode. We This is the, the longest episode we ever did talking about Star Wars. So... Hey. We could check mark that off our list of things we said we was gonna do in twenty twenty one. Um did we twenty twenty two. All the Star Wars movies. The tier movies would be twenty twenty two, okay? Oh yeah, we that's that was on our list, yes. Yeah, we, said we were gonna watch every product and then put it on a tier list. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one is just is it's it's a roller coaster. Is 2021 has been a roller coaster of wave of emotions. We have environmental issues, wage gap issues, and <laughs> it just immediately went to Bo Burnham's inside and just be like the other stuff. The other stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Glad you find that one. <laughs> I still, have, I still haven't seen the Bo Burnham one episode. It's so it. good. So good. 
I did see um white <gasps> uh, what is the title? White woman what? Oh white woman. Instagram. There we go. White woman's Instagram. I did see I did see that <laughs> clip and I was like, I did it get it it got a chuckle out of me. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's real good. And with that, may the force be with you. Always. Nene, <laughs> <laughs>